Welcome everybody to the world according to Jay Caps. My name is Jay Caps. Actually, my name is Jonathan Kaplan, and I don't know where Jay Caps came from. I don't know who called me Jay Caps uh, or where the the nickname came from. But I remember I've I had it the first time I officially had it was in 2011. Or yeah, 2011, when I was doing short form improv with uh, Face Off, the the New York improv company Face Off. I was doing like whose line is in any anyway style Face Off out in Long Island and sometimes in the city, but they had a a weekly show uh, out in Port Jefferson, Long Island, in a nice theater, and it was very well attended, and I wanted to I wanted to be on that group so i i had a meeting with the um the people who ran it they're great great company by the way i love face off they're great people and um i met with them and they let me audition and join the group and then um the group the actual group that was performing out in long island didn't like me because i don't know i think that they i don't know why i don't know why they didn't like me i really did try to fit in um, but maybe they just didn't like that I got to be on the team without like a long period of of like I don't know I guess hazing I have no fucking idea but anyway it was very it was very negative like I enjoyed I enjoyed performing but but like I had no camaraderie with uh with the group and it was um it it soured the experience but in any case no that's no slight on the company face off because the people who run that company are awesome. And um anyway, that's where that's where I think the first time I ever was called J Caps. And I think it's important for me to say that because this show is called The World According to J Caps and the name stuck. So I figured I would just share the origin story with with you guys. Um I don't have the sound effect machine. I don't have the sound effect machine aka my iPad plugged into the the Zoom recorder. <clears throat> and why don't I have it? Why should this episode be without the sound effects that are a staple of this podcast? And the reason I don't have it today was because I felt like I have no idea who, like, I feel like who cares? I feel like on, on one hand, the sound effects allow me to reinforce the my own negative feelings like when i don't like what i'm saying or if i have a a moment of self-doubt i'll hit the buzzer and then that'll be that and then like i know that you know that's the gimmick that's my gimmick and maybe it's a good gimmick or maybe it's a bad gimmick i really have no idea i think that the the last i think this whole podcast is me uh reaching out into the void and uh and and seeing if if any of this shit that I'm doing has any resonance and I'm you know actually I'm happy to I'm happy to find out that there are people listening um it's definitely weird it's definitely like um I de- I don't promote myself well and that's like probably my that's probably like a huge flaw of mine um, who knows if I'll ever get that shit together? It's sad. I feel like sometimes I'm like, what? I'm like, where am I? This is going to be a big theme of today because an overwhelming feeling I have in my life is I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what like my, that my next steps forward creatively are. Um, I feel really lost, and I also feel totally disconnected from from the things that I really used to, I guess, identify myself with, um, you know, and and because of that, also, like I've mentioned on the show, like I feel like uh, I left a version of myself on one end of the pandemic and then on this end of the pandemic, I'm a totally different person because of years, because of time, but also because of like isolation and having to 
changed the, my 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 schedule and life and job and everything like that. So it's almost like my first web series that I ever made. Who the fuck am I? And the and another part of that is because of all the difference because of all the different stuff. I don't um I don't know where like my my creative energies like should go to. Um it's August. I I'm, I have a week. This is my last week of teaching summer school and then I'm going to have 3 weeks, 4 weeks off, I think. 4 weeks until I have to go back. Um and I intend to I intend to shoot some grading animals episodes, but I also intend these to be a kind of closing the closing the book on it um, because um, I have a lot of feelings about it, which I've probably said is every fucking time on on this podcast. But like sh- uh, briefly, um, posting grading animals on Instagram, like I don't know how to reach the audience, right? Like like I used to because of like the 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 whatever algorithm whatever but also like i used to be able to put i used to put so much time into that and i i think like something like broke inside of me um and it's very it's it's really weird like i don't like i don't know i don't know what to do about that i used to go see a therapist not see but talk to them online or on the phone and i don't think it was like really the i i don't really know that i got I, it helped me out in the moment, but I don't know. But like, the feeling I have about um, my own creative pursuit um, is is like I don't know what to do. I don't know where where my energies should like go, and like for like for grading animals, like I feel like. Um, I don't know. Like I guess defeat weirdly or whatever. I don't know. It's just a, it's just this like I burn myself out and then I haven't made an episode since last September. So what does that tell you, you know? What does that tell me? Um so yeah, and then like I'm not, you know, it's just, I'm not perform like I'm not in like um like a cycle of performing or anything like that. On the other hand, I'm. I have this. I have this job that where I'm teaching art at uh, a school for emotionally disturbed children, teenagers, um, and I'm absolutely engaged in my work uh, with with that with those kids. Um, I've never even had a job where I genuinely gave a shit. Like I've always given a shit about what I do, but I've also had like a, always have had like a detached cavalier attitude where I knew I was doing something outside of it. And, you know, I still feel like I have a purpose, a creative purpose and like things that I want to achieve. But I do genuinely care about doing uh, a good job and um, being invested in my students' lives. And I'm not like even trying to say like, you know, like, oh, trying to say something where I'm like, oh, I'm trying to do, but like, maybe it's because I tend to be obsessive anyway, where like when I do something, I, I like do, I go crazy about it. But um, I don't know, like this is a challenge because the people that I have to teach are very um, like in turmoil in like turmoil of their lives and so things are not like easy so it becomes a challenge for me to think of like how I can cut through that and share my abilities and um so in any case I I am uh I am like engaged in my in my job and in my life because of that I'm definitely um I take pride in my work, which is part of my life now. It's interesting. Like, so, you know, I, so I, I've been doing that. And then also I have my after school job, which I definitely, um, you know, I want only one of the classes that I teach uh, is I'm, I'm enjoying. 
Uh, I may, I'm probably going to let um, one of them go. I already like one ended for the summer and that was pretty good. And I may let the other one go because um, I like it's exactly what I'm saying. Like I don't, I just, ha- I just have been on autopilot um, doing this routine of like, I'll work all day and then I'll drive out to Port Jefferson <laughs> Uh, and then teach at this other school. And I have no idea. I have no like connection to like what I want. And uh, I, I'm like a bit, I don't know, just in in that uh, in that cycle of of just this routine that I'm already in, and I haven't even like questioned it. Uh, and I do want to find my way back to what i you know i mean i i do love uh my job like i'll be honest i i I really feel connected to helping those people but um you know i also have uh like joy of of creating creating things that i want to do um and i was like i was having like in my in my school in my school uh last friday i had uh, w- within our homeroom, we have like a bunch of characters, like such like very funny, unique kids, and they and it was like a moment where uh, everyone was sort of uh, free to just everyone was kind of talking at once, and each of their personalities was um, was shining. So it was like like imagine um, you ever see when. Um, the primary colors of light uh, blend, like you'll have a red light and a blue light and a yellow light, and in the in-betweens, they make um, like green and um, orange and purple, and, you know, in the middle it's white. So that was the way all these kids talking at once were, was it was hap- like it was happening it was like every everyone's individual personality was was shining and reflecting off of each other and um i was in like a very playful and free mood and i just started um connecting the conversations that were happening in the room to to the teacher the other teacher that was in the room and it was like very natural because i I enjoy making comedy and and being um, on the spot, inventive, and um, I don't know what I was doing. I was just in that free place when when you can uh, when you can access, uh, like when your mind is going at the speed of fun. And I I was really killing uh, the t- the other teacher. I was just I don't know what I was just saying. I was connecting a bunch of things and like improvising and the other teacher was just couldn't stop laughing at what I was saying. And I remembered the feeling of, of this from other comedy experiences that I've had in my life. And, um, and I was like, Oh man, I miss, I miss being able to work this muscle. I miss being able to be close to these things. Um, and it made me, it made me sad because I'm like, how do I find, how do I find like my way back into these things that I, that I'd like to do or where do they, where do they exist? You know, one of the things about grading animals is like, it's, it was a total solo show. Like I had to find the fun and find it within myself alone in my apartment and then hope that the fun that I was having would resonate out into the world, but it was not like something where I was playing among people where like I could feed off of their laughter or like just have the the live experience. Um, and I think like I don't, um, you know, I I, um, I have like a a little bit of a a barrier now because I'm so isolated and I don't have really um, 
a pathway back to that. It's just, it's just what it is. So when I had that experience on Friday, um, it made me think like, oh, what would I, what could I do? Like, how could I, how could I find my way back to those things? So that's like, that's like, um, it's a big question mark on my soul right now. Um, there was like some advice that I saw recently. I don't remember where. It was probably Googling things on the internet. But I saw a thing where they're like, if you don't know what to do, do nothing. And um, that's kind of like how I feel. I feel like I don't know what to do next. Um, and I feel like, like even with this podcast... I I think that, you know, I know a few people listen to it. Um but I don't know like how I don't know how to try to harness it or promote it to like a bigger audience or like I'm not I don't know necessarily that like um I don't feel like any type of uh like you know, like I, you know, I don't really look at the analytics or anything like that, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's not, uh, something that's oh man, like everybody has to go and and check. It's not a spectacle, you know. It's not like, um, viral or it's really just me babbling to myself, right? And so that's like not necessarily a thing that is, you know. Whereas, like, I understood like when. When grading animals was was uh, doing, like doing popular, like popular, I understood because it's like packaged to be something that um, people would want to share and stuff like that. Um, and like I think that the feeling I have is not even. It's like not even that's the that's like the goal. I think what I would like to have is I would like to have the fun of, of um of like creative exploration with other creative people and have it uh, be free and not um, results-based. I think that like something that definitely is a negative, um, a negative specter in creativity is like the, the need for it to, um, for it to to like do numbers, you know, like for it to like be um a product, you know. Uh, I guess like that's something that is cool about this thing, where it's like I know that it's just me trying to express myself in the moment, week week to week. Um, just the challenge of talking and trying to put all my thoughts out and hopefully thread something through that were that like um where like disparate ideas could connect if possible but you know even then it's like I don't think so I'm not, I've never been like really good at like remembering all of the things that are said so that I could uh carefully call them back you know these are like the the important things you got to do you got to know if you're going to um, you know, call an idea back. You have to remember what was said in the beginning. If you can't do that, then there's no point. But um, I'm not just going to babble about the same shit that I always talk about on this podcast every single week, uh, basically, which is that, um, yeah, maybe I'm depressed. Uh, I, have, I, I have my jobs, all the same shit, same shit, same shit. Uh, I did see... The first half hour of the new Netflix show, The Sandman, which was a comic that I actually liked when I was younger, when I was a teenager. And I'm sorry to report that it sucks. And if I had the sound machine, if I had the Miami sound machine hooked up, I would go, "Eh, I think it sucks. I didn't watch the whole episode, but I could already tell that it's totally stupid and it sucks. And um, yeah, why does it? Why is it totally stupid and and it sucks? Well, I'll tell you. Um, 
it appears that they just made a video version of the comic. And unfortunately, comic books are not how, how good TV shows are. Um, good TV shows need to have a character that has a dilemma and has an aspect of humanity that we can like attach to, but also have flaws. And that's and then the story has to unfold in a in a way that we can that we don't call bullshit on at every beat of the sea uh, at every beat and every scene and every sequence. Like the writers should battle the battle this out on their own time before we see it so that when we watch it it's like oh this is they've th- this this really feels genuine um and that sandman is not that that is, sandman is just like it's like like really visually you know beautiful but it's it's like i could give a fuck about the sandman and again like i used to see this shit when i was like 14 years old and now that i now that I teach 14-year-olds, I am like, oh, yeah, 14-year-olds are fucking stupid. Um, their brains are not fully formed, and they are, um, you know... You know, one thing about 14-year-olds, well, I will give 14-year-olds credit, is that uh, as unformed as they are, um, they they do have souls, and their souls um, connect to things that may have, even if it's like not uh, like, for instance, like the Sandman uh, movie, like the show probably, the show sucks objectively, but there's something of it that, you know, like a kid might find, you know, aesthetically meaningful or something. I think probably that's what I connected to when I was younger. Like it seems mysterious and, um you know atmospheric and those type of those type of things those sensory qualities are things that you know teenagers are aware of and they're like oh this is like they're um like even though they're little babies and again when i was like 14 i didn't think that i was a little baby but now that i'm like 125 years old i know that i was just a little baby um, to them, it's like all the most realist shit of all time. I mean, like, you know, 14-year-olds might have had like two girlfriends or two, you know, romantic things that have ever happened to them. And uh, by those experiences, they've experienced the entire enormity of like love and everything like that. So like, um, you know, it's like uh, the sensations that young people are feeling like occur at like a much um you know more visceral way than like when things affect like an adult like a, someone of 125 years old because like we've all experienced everything uh so we know how to like temper our expectations and guard ourselves and um and kids are experiencing things for the first time so it's that much uh it's that much brighter um the experience of these things, but they're still dumbass babies, so they don't really like. They don't always appreciate like good things like the way an adult would. So, so long story short, the Sandman sucks. The show, it's not good. It's actually very stupid. Um, and I only saw a half an hour of it, but I could tell that it was going to be bullshit because. Like at no point did I give a shit about the Sandman or anyone else on screen, um, and that's kind of like a trend. I think that like the thing is that these um, legacy shows are being made, uh, legacy like um, what do you call properties or whatever, comic books and shit. And it's like as long as it's like the Bible, it's like the Bible is like not a good. It's not like a good story. It's like haphazard nonsense you know collected over fucking how many years it doesn't it's not really that good but it's just that people are into it um because of their 
whatever. They're just into they're into it because like it's it is the thing that it is, and then um, it doesn't like so it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to follow the rules of good quality things. So yeah, so I'm gonna say that the uh, the Sandman sucks. I'm I'm really glad that I spent however long I spent t- saying that. Um, and what else? What else is going on? I do have some suggestions here too. Um, oh yeah, I guess like since I yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna also you see I just talked about some TV show right that like that has come out and how invested am I into that? Like I don't think that even if the Sandman was really good, I would fucking probably not watch it. The Sandman was something when I was into when I was 14 years old. I don't really give a shit about that stuff now. I'm not trying to like relive my youth through nostalgia. Like that's of the that's of the least concern to me. Um, I don't care. They can take. It'll never be as good as it, when I was a kid. The feeling of of whatever it was, it will never be. You know, like it was for me then. So the fact that they're making it for me now, like I don't, I don't give a fuck. But that's but even to bring that up, you know, to talk about like some something going on like that this sh- that this show sucks i don't think it goes deep enough it doesn't like reveal it doesn't re- it's not like revealing and i know you everyone listening they like if i'm not going to be hilarious um in this episode i'm probably not going to be um then i should be um interesting and i how how could i really be interesting um if not like share some vulnerability Right. So, and I think like I tried to do that a little bit by uh, reiterating the same, um, you know, the same shit that I cry about every week. But, you know, I think that I could go a little, uh, one level deeper because I mentioned that I am a little too obsessed, not obsessed, but like I do tend to obsess over projects. And I think that I'm becoming like, like at least for my day job for this for my school you know like i'm caring a lot and because of the challenges of these kids who like have like emotional issues that prevent them from succeeding in life um i'm fighting kind of a losing battle because you know and this is the sad part about life um, not everybody is going to like succeed and it's not, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, I don't know, you know, I am trying very hard to, um, to be a good leader and to be, you know, listen, I uh, hope if you, if you, my skills, like I, not to like fucking suck my own dick, but my skills are on point. Like I'm, you know, a veteran illustrator like i know how to do i I know how to edit i know how to like compose like make compositions i'm good at i'm good at the skills that i'm good at and like that's why i'm there um and like i'm doing a good job but there are certain things that like i can't make a person i can't make a person get past the hurdles of their own life like like i have a student who I really care about this kid. I really, like, with all my heart, wish that I could uh, clear the barriers that hinder them from, like, harnessing their own strength and belief in themselves and, um, and, like, ability to just not give a fuck and do the thing that they can do, that they're showing me that they... Um, you know, this during the summer, I've I've been teaching like two classes of making a comic strip, and we're using like peanuts, like and Calvin and Hobbes, and um, and actually a lot. I've brought in maybe fifty books, not fifty, maybe twenty five different books. Everything from like Crazy Cat and Ignatz Mouse all the way to Carol Lay from the Old New Yorker um, to Matt Defee to Far Side. All these great comic strips 
really a bunch of like uh, Matt Groening, Life in Hell, you know, the pre- predecessor of Simpsons, all this different unique stuff. And I've been breaking down like how to write a character and all this stuff. Um, and like, I'm having some success. I'm having kids like kids are making their comics and like drawing and they're doing it. Um, and it's interesting, like the person, like one of the pers- one of the people who I really care about is this kid who, you know, it's like you lead them and they make a little progress and then something inside of them, um, you know, brings them back to zero. Like, I don't know why. Um, and it's like, I, you know, and today, um, it's a fucking crazy day. So, um, this kid, so like people like for these, for the F for, um, for the clubs, like the, 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 I, I teach a class in the morning and then I have two clubs and for the clubs, kids can just sign, sign up to them. But all summer I've had the same eight kids sign up for the entire, every single day. Cause like they want to like continue. Um, and the last three days, this other kid who's like, like us, like a seventh grader, this boy. So these, uh, this this seventh grade boy like joined the, the the group, and he's like seemed like harmless, you know, and um, anyway today, uh, like, I he was like sitting next to one of the girls and. I get like apparently he's he started to touch the girl's leg underneath the table and um like like the uh, all three of the girls um you know let me know and then my te- then I found then me and my teacher had like separated the kid and like wrote it up and just did all the things that you're supposed to do um but um one of their group was is is this girl who is who I like? I'm trying to help help get out of her own way and may and be a a better artist. And this incident didn't happen to her, but it happened to her friend. This incident like was a catalyst toward like a lot of negative stuff. And you know, it was like I could see the um like the negative spiral like like a little negative tornado that you know could unravel like a lot of the positive work that um a lot of the positive work of the summer uh this is a kid who used to um who used to like i, I think i mentioned it on the show before like used to wear like a, a wig over their face because they didn't want to interact with the world and now doesn't do that anymore now like is like present in life um there's a lot of other just like you know this is like a place where where people who have like the like the whole school is because they didn't they couldn't like succeed in a normal environment and it's like one step away from being in residential life which is not and it's like just thinking like like on a side note i wonder like why I am in this moment right now. Like, why am I, why am I in this um, crossroads place where these people are like possibly like falling in their lives? They're possibly falling through, um, like down, and possibly if they if they can't succeed in this environment, then they're then they would be in another lower level of like separation from society and but more than that like inability to harness their own strength to like and who knows why it's all these different mental issues you do not know why like you should always think that not only should be grateful for the ability to like walk without like crutches that your knees and your legs and your hands and your eyesight works but also you should be grateful for that your mind does is like doesn't like sabotage you and like i think of like how like even on this show like i make the joke of like i'll hit the buzzer and it's like my own negativity um 
like spiking, where it's like I want to shut off my own voice and stop myself from expressing. And like, uh, and it's like this piercing that I feel all the time. And then I think of that this is like for for some of the people that I'm that I that I teach, like that is like a that's like a reality because they're not able to get out from the weight of their own um could be self-negativity, could be a lot of different other things. But like, you know, if you have a goal, if you have like the the freedom to like pursue your goal and and believe in yourself and and not have hindrances, then that's like a very lucky thing, um, you know. So so this thing that happened today, um, like this kid was like spiraling out and it was just such fucking chaos. It, like this really like this incident like really because like I did not see it coming because the whole summer it's been really great and so. Um, you know, I, I had to, to, to tell this kid, I was like, you know, like I, you know, don't, um, don't like derail, don't derail like the, the, the progress that, that we've made, you know, um, this kid wants to be an artist, like wants to like kind of almost do the same, the same life that I pursued in my life. Like I went to art school and I've, for better or worse, like done a lot of cool things like creatively, like I'm not famous or whatever, but I've done, I, you know, I can look back and say that I've done like the things that I wanted to do. Like I was in a band and I fucking made albums, whatever, all this other shit. Like I made grading animals. I made fucking 98 episodes of that thing. I made mares and caps. Like I've done, I've gotten to, I've done plenty of stand up and improv and all this stuff. Like I got to express the person that I wanted to be. Um, you know, like I don't, you know, uh, I want to still be part of it, and I want to still like have it be resonant in my life. But like, I if I if I died tomorrow, I would I would I could look back and say like I did things that I wanted to do the whole like the whole time, and I was not afraid, and I and I and like I persevered through the difficult things and like did it. So this kid wants to do that too, and so I have a very. Um, I don't know, like almost like parental feeling towards them because I was like, you know, it's very lucky that with my expertise, like I could actually help someone, help someone, you know, you know, build the self-discipline that it takes to create. And also just like, you know, just the, even the technical shit or just whatever. Um, so as I was uh, like, you know, I was just trying to like, um, talk the kid down from, you know, she was obviously obviously upset because like their little trio got fucking invaded, and then it's like these kids are young, man. I like it's just got to go through the whole school and like whether the administration and shit to find out what happened. They got to look at the the you know they have cameras on in the in the classroom, so it's just gonna be a whole thing. And um, you know, and I was like thinking, I'm like I'm so invested in this like this kid but I'm like I don't know if this kid's going to be able to um you know follow through I hope so but I don't know like and now I'm like you know should I be so invested should I have like a more detached should I be a little more detached it sucks it's kind of weird because like almost going back on like what you're even there for but I also you know, it's like, is this going to be like a perpetual disappointment where I'm like panning for gold and then like, I'm not going to have the, like, I'm not going to get that result because like the, the people who I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to help, like, like they're under the weight of like their own impossible, like their own impossible barriers that they can't like get past and i'm like what do i do like what do, i mean what you know i was talking to mares on on the way back and um you know because i i had to go immediately to teach 
um, my second class out in Port Jeff after school. And um, this whole incident was like weighing on my soul. And then like I went to teach the after school program. And that's a class where it's like, I've been teaching it for a year. The one student who is really like my best student, um, it's like uh, she's doing great. And then I got all these new kids in the class and they're like not serious. And it's like almost after my day job, I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth to like, it's like I really just want to teach my student who's like, Who's, who's been with me for the whole year at this after school program. And like these new kids, if they're not serious, I'm like, that's fine. Like you don't have to, like I always say, like don't do, if you don't want to do art, don't do it because it's not, it's not like it's hard. And like you should, you should do it because you're passionate about it and, um and persevere through it because like you want the result, not because like your parents want you to go there or like, you know, so I was on my way I was on my way back after that and I was like, you know, I think I might let this this particular class go um soon, especially now that like the summer is ending and that the, the my summer school is ending and I'm going to have some free time. I'm thinking, "Oh, I should like let it go." Um and Mar- Marianne was like, "You know, what about like doing something for yourself, like something that you want to do?" Um you know, like what about a thing that like is not something else that like is like an obligation or something like that or for somebody else. Um, and I was like, yeah, like that's a, that's a good point, you know? And that's like this, this thing that I started with. Cause like, like if, if I don't know what to, if I don't know what to do, then like I, I'm not going to do anything. Um, so I, yeah, like, that's pretty much so I'm glad so okay so ding 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 I'm glad I actually I went and I feel like that was now that was interesting because I was like I wanted to reveal I wanted to be vulnerable I wanted to share that's what this whole that's what the purpose of you know why why just go on about the sandman right and you know I wonder like had I had the sound machine again like I think like I'm glad I shared but might not have even been interesting at the end of the day either but if i had the sound machine maybe i would have gotten into a funny riff where i was like um making fun of something or maybe that would have been better but you know what i'm glad i i'm glad i got to talk about that for a second and um share that with you um and i actually have some suggestions that come from adam cloud and that i didn't get to the last episodes and Adam Cloud, great friend of the show, and I might end up, I might be doing a uh, a video project with him that he wrote a part, and we'll, we'll have the the gigolos in it, the low end gigolos, my old my old um, comedy podcast. So we will see. So uh, Adam Cloud asks, uh, he asks me, um, what's my favorite Bukowski book or do I think he's dog shit? Now, Charles Bukowski, I don't know if you guys are are familiar with Charles Bukowski, but Charles Bukowski is a he was a poet and he was around in like the 60s and 70s and 80s and even 90s. And he wrote I th- I think I used to think Bukowski was pretty cool when I was younger. I th- I, I thought Bukowski was pretty cool like right after I stopped being into Sandman, like when I was like six, 15, 16, then when I was like 17, 18, I thought Bukowski was cool. And um, is he cool? I think so. I think Bukowski is cool. Uh, favorite book? Um, I mean, I remember I've read fact. I remember I read Factotum. I think I read Women, and I have a bunch of his poem books, but. I mean, I and I think he has a book called Work. He was a he's known for being a drunk. He's known for being a guy who was like drunk and got into fights outside of bars. And I think that's like what makes him a tough guy. Um 
But one thing that's cool about him is he, is he also like would write like 10 pages a day. And I've always been attracted to that type of work ethic. I've always been attracted to like working diligently and putting your time in. Like when I was doing grading animals, I wanted to be like, uh, uh, what do you call? Um, I wanted to be like one of those vloggers like uh, Casey Neistat who famously made a 10-minute movie every single day for two years straight until he burnt himself out and then never did anything good again. Um, and then even those vlogs, are they even good? So ultimately, stupid person to model myself after, but I, but I did it anyway, and, um, and here we are. But Bukowski had a, had a poem called The Strongest of the Strange. And I will read it on the podcast because I think it's good. And let's see if it is. Let's see if it holds up. Um, I remember I loved this fucking poem so much. Um, it, it like meant a ton to me when I was a kid. Um, anyway, this, song, this poem is called The Strongest of the Strange by Charles Bukowski. You won't see them often, for wherever the crowd is, they are not. These odd ones, not many, but from them come the few good paintings, the few good symphonies, the few good books, and other works. And from the best of the strange ones, perhaps nothing. They are their own paintings, their own books their own music, their own work. Sometimes I think I see them. Say, a certain old man sitting on a certain bench in a certain way, or a quick face going the other way in, passing, in a passing automobile. Or there's a certain motion of the hands of a bag boy or a bag girl while packing supermarket groceries. Sometimes it is even someone you have been living with for some time. You'll notice a lightning quick glance never seen from them before. Sometimes you will only note their existence suddenly, in vivid recall, some months, some years after they're gone. I remember such a one. He was about 20 years old, Drunk at 10 a.m., staring into a cracked New Orleans mirror, facing, dreaming against the walls of the world. Where did I go? See, that's a poem by Charles Bukowski. That's a great poem. It's, I think it still holds up, you know? Where did we all go? What is... And it's honestly like thinking about I mean, I just thought, I just, when I, when I read it, I was thinking about these people who I teach. I'm like, you know what? Some of them are the strongest of the strange, you know? And like in our, in our results ass based world, you know, maybe it's just who we are that is special, right? Okay, cool. So what's the, what's, uh, and then thank you, Adam Tan. Adam Tan got a bunch more questions and we are going to go through all of them. So what else has he got for us? Adam Tan says, um, when I was a kid, what was a pivotal moment where I felt more independent than ever before? And I know exactly what it was. When I was a kid, I was pretty much allowed to ride my bike wherever I wanted. Um, and that was like a really incredible sense of freedom. When I was like, I was able to ride all over my town, um, my childhood town of Malvern in Nassau County. Uh, and I would ride everywhere. I would just like ride everywhere. And then I was like probably like anywhere from eight, eight, nine years old, just t given total freedom to just ride around. And like, of course, lots of other boys like had bikes too. So it was like a thing. But just the fact that you could go wherever you wanted. And then when I was older, I would ride my bike really far. I would ride my bike from my from my house in Malvern 
all the way to like Atlantic Beach or like Rockaway Beach, or I would ride my bike to, um, I'm talking about like 25 miles away. Like, like a 15 year old kid should not be riding their bike so far with that. This is before cell phones. This is back in the 1890s. This is totally a different time. You know, bikes had just come out and, you know, it was the craze. Bicycles, if anybody has seen the last episode of Killing It, Killing It episode nine, um, I'm recalling my childhood when I, I was really into bikes. So, yeah, but that was um, that was like a profound sense of freedom. And um, and also, like, it was meditative. You know, I would love to just ride my bike to another place completely and then, and then, like, while on the way, like, I mean, I would just be thinking about everything, just thinking about, I don't know, just sort of like what you do when you have, you know, there's, just think of the, just think of the robbery that cell phones have, um, have, have wrought on society where nobody gives themselves that space to, to like be quiet and like sort of daydream and be alone in their own head for extended periods of time. I mean, like absolutely um, our society is declining in so many ways, which is like what every fucking society says. But like we are like literally in the, um, in like the aftermath of the overstory style, uh, you know, um, situation now. But you know what would it what would it be if like we had um, if we had the self discipline as a species to to just take back our own uh, quiet moments of our own life, and um, there's plenty of people who do it, and are they are they even better off for it? I don't know. So what's the next question? Adam Tan says, did I ever play in a band or did I ever play in a band before bookstore? Because everybody listening to this podcast knows that when I was from the age of 19 to the age of 23, I was in a band called Bookstore and um, we made one album on Rock Lock Records and then we made one EP that we released, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then we did tour the country one time and then we broke up. And that was all before, that was like in the 1890s also. It was also like a long time ago before cell phones or anything like that. Um, but was I in a band before that? Now, the true fans would know that I was in a band before that. I was in a band called the Loquacious Mutes. Now, if you know about, um, if you know about, uh, like what words mean, you know that loquacious means talkative and mutes. Well, mutes are people who can't talk. So it's a very funny band name. And the person who gave that name to, to the band was one of these, like, if you remember, like back in like, like 1890, 1891, like maybe like even like 1894, like 93, 94, 91, 92, 93, 94, there used to be these metal type guys that were like sort of, I think they've like really gone out of vogue completely, but there were like what I would call not quite alternative rock, indie rock people, like not snobs like that. Indie rock people are fucking snobs. It's, it's terrible, but I'm talking about, no, I, I don't want to say that. That's not true. That's not true. I think the true indie rock people are people that live like in sort of like rural places and they're like genuinely into alternative culture. Um, but I, like in New York, in New York, the people who are into indie rock are fucking snobs. And it's like a real shell shock because you think that you're getting um, a culture of uh, like cool people that are into like artsy shit and then what happens is you're getting like um i don't know rich kids that that like uh that like want to like prove that they're better and cooler than you and that's not across the board where where was i fuck all that i, I don't even want, i don't even stand i don't even stand by that i do stand by that to some extent i think that there's a real arms race of people who listen to indie rock trying to say that that like they knew for, the old classic hipster i knew it before you before it was cool thing but 
the old metal style guys were not like that. They were just sort of chill dudes who were into heavy metal and had like a thoughtful way about them. And there were a lot of these type of kids back in the 1890s. Um, And I knew one. I knew such a one. And um, yeah, and he and he was like, "You should be in a band called the Loquacious Mutes." And I thought, "Okay, I'm going to hold on to that one." And then a couple of years later, in like 1896, I started a band called the Loquacious Mutes. Uh, and we were, you know, we we were we were a band that was against genres. We were, I, you know, everyone wanted to know what your type was. Well, our type was type schmipe. That's what we would call our our style, type schmipe. It was a different time. It was the 1896s, between the 1896 to 1897. So, um, anyways. Okay. So, the last suggestion from Adam Cloud. Go, he goes, last night his wife um, put some music on where the lead singer was just talking about how he felt defeated and shit. And it was a total boner killer until... She put on some Rage Against the Machine. Um, anything a boner killer for you? Um, this question is like a little bit weird. First of all, um, you know, I don't know. I think he's trying to make fun of me because I've been talking about how I felt defeated and shit. And so like, Adam Cloud, are you trying to say, are you trying to thinly veil that you think it sucks when people are talking about how defeated they are because that's the thing i guess that's what i've been doing wrong on this podcast i've been talking about how defeated i feel and here you are thinly talking about how you are banging out your wife and then how that's a boner killer so like you're surreptitiously saying that not only are you getting laid and you're cool but i suck because i'm talking about how defeated i am that's how i choose to interpret that question the other part is that like that then you put on Rage Against the Machine and then you want to fuck to Rage Against the Machine? Like, that's your fuck music? Now I'm judging you, you know? But, irregardless, um, irregardless of that, is there a music, is there something that's a boner killer for me? Um, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't really, I don't really think about it like that. Um, I don't know. I'm not really, I guess like, I don't really like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to beat off, right? Like then I'll have a, I I will show up with a boner. Like if I'm going to beat off and then like nothing really interrupts that process. So I'm like, I mean like what would happen? Like if I wanted to like, you know, being what in the mood, I don't know, man. That's, I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I don't know. I don't know what type of, um, I don't have those type of problems, I guess. Um, so, you know, I guess I should be grateful. You know, we ought to be grateful for certain things, you know. And I guess the thing I'm grateful for is that, like, as far as I know, I don't have, like, I don't think, like, a, a song could... Um, could make me not have if I had a boner and I was going to that's the other thing like in this question it doesn't seem like you're it's he last night last night his wife put on some music it doesn't say that you guys were gonna fuck actually in this question last night my wife put some music on where the lead singer was just talking about how he felt defeated and shit and it was a total boner killer so I guess I'm to assume that you guys were going to fuck but then the music um, made you not want to fuck. Hmm, that's a hard one, man. I think we're gonna have to. I think we're gonna have to leave it there. That one's gonna be called a conundrum. That's what's called a paradox. I think this is what's called a like. It's like a Schrodinger's boner. That's what it's called. I'm gonna call this one a Schrodinger's boner because it's like. Imagine there's a pair of headphones attached to an MP3 player and there's music on it and you have a hard on. But if you put the headphones on, there might be music that could kill the boner for you. But 
do you even have a boner and is this is the mp3 player even on right that's the kind of that's the kind of paradox that we that we need to be confronted with and then you know what just like all of those stupid philosophy shit that like is absolutely a waste of time to ever think about never ever waste your time thinking about any of that stupid philosophy bullshit like what um what a like an a colossal waste of your whole fucking life if you spend one second like watching a Vsauce video about like whether chairs exist like seriously like maybe that maybe that even that is what i will call not even no i i don't know about this i don't know i have to see it to believe it i have to see this boner killing thing to believe it i'm going to i'm going to say like uh if you really if if a music is really a boner killer for you, then videotape yourself with a hard on and then playing that music and seeing the blood rush out of your dick and then post it on social media and tag me. Okay. Anyway, guys, this has been a lot of fun. I, I guess I don't need the um the music machine thing, the sound the Miami sound machine. But um listen, the way I feel about it is we got through another episode and I'll see you next week.